Welcome to the Intentional Fulfillment Podcast, hosted by your one and only, Alan Nogier. I'm here to help you improve in every facet of life and teach you everything I've learned on a journey toward fulfillment, whether in health, relationships, spirituality, or finances. On this podcast, I'll be giving you my best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts so you can become the person capable of achieving anything. I am currently, you know, ending this meditation as I overlook a beautiful scene. The sun is setting. Uh, there's a slight breeze. I'm bundled up, so it's warm. Uh, I mean, it's cold outside, but I am warm. There's this sense of serene as I overlook the water. And there's a seagull flying right in front of me, and it's literally just staying right there in my line of sight. And it's a perfect representation for what I want to discuss today. It literally is still flying in front of me. Imagine it's flying against the wind. And it's staying right in my line of sight, and it just left. But that's the point that I want to discuss today, which is letting go. And specifically, letting go because you have the understanding that... Time is impermanent. Everything is impermanent. Impermanence is the law of the land. Yet we hold on, right? And it is the very reason that we hold on to things too tightly, which is why we lose them. And I'm not just talking about people or material things or anything physical in the world, but this is a, 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 an illusion within ourselves, within our mind. Is that every moment that we spend holding on to a past present moment because it was super good or super amazing or it felt amazing. Or every second that we hold on to a past resentment because we can't learn to let it go. Whichever version, anything that lives in the past, whether good or bad, whether it, you know, whether it felt amazing or whether it felt resentful every moment that we spend holding on to something that is impermanent is a moment that we're not focused on the present moment and i know that sounds almost cliche but let's really understand what this means and so this is how we're going to do it everyone always talks about letting go in terms of letting go of the past And they're specifically almost always referring to a negative situation. Let go so you can move on. I find that a lot harder to do than letting go of the beautiful moments in life. Um, Which is this irony that every moment that we spend holding on to this illusion of perfection of beauty that lives in a past present moment that we want to project into the now but frankly it can't be because it was then it was in the past it can't be now every moment that we dwell in the fact that that version of of past serenity or past love or past whatever feelings gave you that feeling of presence every moment that we spend holding on to it is a moment that we are not seeing the current beauty, that we are literally missing the beauty of the presence of the now. Why does this happen? It happens because people are making false associations. They think that 
the present moment is beautiful because of something, right? They are building an association that the present moment is beautiful because you experienced love of that person. Or they make the association that the present moment is beautiful because you were on that roller coaster, right? Or they make a false association that the sunset was so beautiful then, right? They think that beauty lives in the thing, in the external thing that, that led to that moment. But the truth is that what led to that beauty wasn't the external thing. What led to that beauty was the present moment. And what that thing was was simply a trigger that put you in a present state. But this is why I am a big proponent of meditation and why there is no replacement for meditation and breath work, right? Either one of the two. Because when you practice either meditation or breath work or both, which is usually the, the, the practice that I recommend to do a breath work followed by uh, a breath work meditation followed by a contemplative meditation, when you do these things, you literally train your mind to become present without needing an external trigger to create presence. You become the trigger for your self-presence, right? And more importantly, you become the awareness of presence, right? So I want you to make a distinction between two kinds of present moments. Let's say you were in love, you're young, you know, you think back to when you were a teenager and you had your first love. You know, you couldn't stop looking in their eyes or you couldn't stop, you know, or when you were with them, it seemed like the time just disappeared and flew by and, and you were just utterly present the entire time that you spent with them. And then as soon as you parted ways from them, well, then you lost presence and then you got in your mind and pain and worry and doubt and all these things. But for now, we'll just focus on the present moment that you had with them. You didn't realize in that moment that you were actually being present. It kind of just happened. It was just flowing, right? So that first kind of presence, I would simply call presence because you are not aware of what presence is yet. When you, when you see a little child playing a sport or doing something they love or doing art or, or any child doing something that they just get lost in, that child is being present, yet they are not aware of what presence means yet. So, thus we have the second kind of presence, which is the awareness of presence. Now, I want you to realize that the difference between the first kind of presence and the second, which is the awareness of presence, is that the first kind of presence is out of your control and is always externally manufactured. It's always an external trigger. Now, the second kind is the awareness of presence. That one, because awareness lives in your mind. Awareness lives inside, within, and thus not externally. Thus, the awareness of presence is the powerful version of presence. That's the one you're looking to channel. Again, how do we do that? Breathwork and meditation, right? So, the awareness of the present moment. This here, ladies and gentlemen, audience, children who are listening in the car with your parents, I hope you realize that this powerful, powerful state, which is the embodiment 
of the ultimate fulfillment in the now, of the ultimate happiness in the now, is done through and practiced through breathwork and meditation. I hear a lot of people often say breathwork and or, or meditation. I meditate, you know, when I pray, or I meditate when I do this activity, like when I'm doing laundry or like while I'm washing the dishes. And I would say that is possible, but it's only possible if you've actually meditated and, and have practiced for a long time. It's, I would, I would say that the people who often say what I just said that I, oh, I don't need to meditate because I meditate while I wash dishes or while I do laundry. If that is the excuse for why you never meditated, then you don't understand what meditation is yet. And I highly recommend it. Because meditation is not a form of distraction. Meditation is not a form of clearing the mind necessarily, although that is one thing that comes from it. The real purpose of meditation is training your mind. Training your mind not just to clear the mind, but to become the awareness of presence, not just to become present, right? So once, I will say, the reason most people start meditating and then they fall off is because they never make this jump from thinking it's about clearing the mind and they don't make the jump into making meditation about the awareness of presence. Right? And by the end of this, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do that in your next meditation. And I promise that the difference between the people who stick with meditation and the, the ones who fall off is simply one thing. It is, are you channeling your meditation towards the awareness of presence? If you are not, then it probably will feel like a discipline, it, like in the, in the negative sense of it, right? how people normally associate discipline. Feels like you're forcing yourself, you're pushing yourself to sit down because you don't actually want to be there. Now, if you channel it in a second way into the awareness of presence, I guarantee it will be the most beautiful experience you've ever experienced. And that every time you learn how to channel the awareness of presence, whether it's in a meditation or eventually outside of the practice of meditation, you will realize that everything in your life is amazingly beautiful. And it is done through the awareness of presence. So, um, before I tell you how to do that, let's, let's circle back to this concept of impermanence. And I was started with the story, uh, which is, I first heard it from Alan Watts. If you haven't heard of him, uh, go listen to him. Just search him on Spotify or something. And the story goes like this. There was a little girl who received a bunny for her birthday one day, and she loved it so much, so much. She loved it so much so that on the car ride home, she hugged him. She hugged the little bunny so tight, so tight that the bunny died. She held on too tight, and she lost it, right? And this story really has more to do with holding on too tightly in the moment, right? Not necessarily holding on to the past, but regardless, it works the same way. In the present moment, when you hold something, when you hold on to something too tightly out of fear, that you're going to lose it. You are still living in this idea that 
you are going to lose it and you fear the impermanence and so you wish to keep it permanent you wish to hold that bunny forever and ever and ever and thus you are never willing to let it go so in this story the little girl is holding on to this bunny and although she is embodying this fear of impermanence in the present moment really where is it coming from it is coming from a fear of a future present moment where she will fear a past present loss so in that moment that she's holding it so tight because she doesn't want to lose this bunny she's simply fearing losing it in the future and thus she is preventatively living in the past i hope that made sense i know it was like a wild goose chase in time but let's let's fast forward in the life of this little girl she lost this bunny right the bunny died right and it's the next day and she is sad because this bunny died what is she doing there she's doing exactly what i said in that present moment what she feared most right she's in that future moment the next day where she's fear where she's mourning the loss of her bunny she is simply holding on to a desire for permanence the feeling she had and thus she can't see the beauty in front of her because she's seeing her life through the pain of the past right so again it's, it's just always holding on to impermanence and i'm not saying that we shouldn't mourn I'm not saying we shouldn't look back and reflect. And I'm not saying we, we, we don't have pain. And I'm not saying those feelings are wrong either. They're actually quite beautiful. All I'm saying is that we need to raise awareness when we have those feelings. To know, to, to raise the awareness that we're, we're holding on to the impermanence of things. Right? things die people die nothing is permanent if it was permanent and we lived for thousands of years and eventually i mean that would be quite sad actually if, if people never died but the point is that's not how it is things are impermanent and that is part of the beauty because if things were permanent, then we wouldn't ever move forward. There would never be growth. There would never be change. There would be an eternal summer. Always perfect. Except what people don't realize about an eternal summer is that eventually you would take it for granted because you would never have contrast for which to oppose it against. You would never know the cold of winter you would only know summer and thus you would begin to take it for granted that summer that warmth because you wouldn't know the opposite and trust me i've lived in san diego <laughs> where it's pretty much eternal summer summers are a little bit nicer than winter but it's basically the same and eventually you start to take the summer and beauty for granted and now i live in beautiful lake i don't know where i'll live next i'll probably move but there are seasons here and it is pretty cold it's probably like 40 degrees and i'm sitting here outside 
and I'm quite chilly. Yet, at this point, I have not only learned not to take the summer for granted, I have learned that in juxtaposition, in contrast, within impermanence, there is beauty. And so I would not perceive the beauty of summer if I didn't understand the contrast of winter. And thus, the contrast of winter is just as beautiful as the summer. And so you see, every moment that we spend holding on to how things could be, because they were better, because they used to be better, is a moment where you're taking for granted the present moment. But you're not seeing how this time in your life is actually creating a sense of beauty through juxtaposition. And thus, this is beautiful. So we go back to the, to the death cycle. Right? If no one ever died, then we would never know the meaning of life. If no one ever died, we would take life for granted. We wouldn't see beauty in birth. Babies would simply pop out and it's like, oh, there goes another one. Add it to the pool. And then we'd have, I mean, a bunch of overcrowding. That would definitely be bad. But, you know, let's pretend that didn't actually happen. Like we had infinite amount of space because we could travel to different planets or something and fill up new planets. But still, eventually, after thousands of years, we would take life for granted. And we would lose our sense of meaning. And so, again, it's this idea of impermanence which creates fear in the future. And we fear death in the future. We all do. But, it, but what we don't realize is that that fear of death is a beautiful thing because it creates an appreciation for life. Impermanence is actually the best thing that could ever happen to you because it creates contrast. It creates growth. It creates a point A to contrast to a point B. It creates direction in our lives. It creates purpose. Right? And, and so I think of, I don't know if it's a quote that one person started it with, but I'm sure it's just a universal understanding that at this point, hundreds of thousands of, of spiritual leaders or, or, or meditative practitioners or life coaches or whoever I'm sure a bunch of people have contemplated at this point. Um, growth is happiness. Growth is the secret. If you want a fulfilled life, it is in growth. Think about it. When you are stuck, right, the people who are the most, like really struggling the most, are the ones who are stuck living the same eternal reality in their mind. Right, which is their personal health. And they get stuck there. And as they get stuck, they never change. They never grow because they're not focused on a present moment. And the present moment is the only place where growth exists, where action towards growth exists. You know, because if you're always thinking, if you're overthinking, 
then what are you thinking about? You're always thinking about a thought. And thus you lose your sense of reality. If you're always thinking about thought, and, and then those thoughts are always based in more thinking and more thoughts, then where is your sense of reality? Where is your sense of real reality? Yes, reality is created in the mind, but it is also created between the back and forth interaction between you and your environment, the mind and your environment. But if you are always overthinking, and you lose touch with reality and your your thoughts basically become a, a just a your your thoughts become the reality of that of your past and this is why you can read a bunch of books you know like thinking grow rich or the secret um, or my my book for that matter and you will understand eventually with enough contemplation and understanding that your thoughts create your reality. Now, are you going to live a reality based in thoughts of past thoughts? Or are you going to live a reality based in the present moment? And the thoughts that interact with the present moment. Because that is where power exists. Because if your awareness is open to the present moment, then you will see the beauty. You will see the opportunity that is literally available in every single present moment and they will shape your thoughts and your thoughts will shape your actions that act on those things and thus that is growth. An infinitely expanding reality in the present moment but never in the past. At least not in an infinite past. You can go back and forth, right? You can reflect in nostalgia but do not stay there. You have to let go at some point of this idealization and this fantasization of perfection and permanence. That is like every dystopian ever. A dystopian is like a book where they're trying to create an, a perfect society. And for some reason, anytime someone strives for perfection, it always goes wrong. Right? And yes, you could say that perfection is impossible. But more importantly, what is the truth is that anytime we strive for perfection, we're living in an idealization of the permanence of the past. We're trying to contain something that is uncontainable, which is beauty, because beauty cannot be contained. Because as soon as you try and box it up, it changes, because it changes with the present moment. And as soon as you try and box it up and capture it, you're capturing a snapshot in the past, and thus you are missing the actual perfection, which is in the present. I hope through this understanding, that you're understanding that literally how we self-sabotage ourselves, how we move and self-sabotage ourselves into the future, how we self-sabotage, how we simply reinforce our past and we just perpetuate into the, into the future by thinking that we have lost, by thinking we have to strive for perfection, by thinking that we have uh, uh, 
this ideal form that we have to contain to because we're simply thinking about a past moment that we're trying to compare ourselves to and thus we're judging ourselves against. I hope you realize that that is the trap because that is the antithesis of growth. To live in the past moment and the permanence of a past moment is thus to decide to never grow, to never change, to never see change, to never see the four seasons, and thus to always take it for granted. Because when nothing changes, when no lessons are learned, when life is the same exact thing as it was in the past, That is when you fall into the trap of never growing and always feeling stuck. And that is why some don't feel happy or fulfilled. And thus, you can be a poor man who sits on a mountaintop and, and has nothing but the clothes on his back and the view right in front of him. And as long as you're living presently, that man would be far more fulfilled than, than a king who has you know, all the, the land in the world, all the money in the world, all the things, all the people, he has everything. But he doesn't have one thing, which is he can't let go of the fact that he wants more because he's living through all his things, all the dopamine that he's been triggered to have in his past. You know, maybe he was raised and he was gifted things and he found validation through those and he found validation through people and he found validation through material wealth and, and all these things. And somehow he's living for that idealization of the permanence of those things. But somehow it eludes him. It, 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 every time he acquires more, it's like, oh, I'm triggered into presence. But as soon as the thing is not being given to him, it's gone. As soon as he doesn't have the next lover to give him presence, it's gone. The feeling's gone. The presence is gone. And it eludes him forever and, and forever. He's, he's lost in the chase of more and more and more and more. And I'm not saying ambition is bad. I'm saying misdirected ambition. Ambition without awareness of the present moment is bad. Because then we get stuck in living for things, which is an external motivator right? it can't actually bring us true fulfillment inside so we need to learn how to cultivate that inside the, through the awareness of the present moment and when we do when we become eternally dedicated to the infinite present moment what happens we can, wherever our focus goes, our energy flows. If we focus on the past, well, then guess what? That's where our energy goes. If we're focused on the future that's trying to fill the voids of the past, then guess what? Our energy is going to go to the future. And if we focus on the awareness of the present moment, the present moment, that is where our focus goes. And guess what? That is where our energy will flow. And thus, when we focus on the present moment, we are focused on what the present moment embodies at its core, which is impermanence. We learn to love impermanence now. 
So if you ask, you know, if, if you're trying to help someone get over something, you know, or transcend their pain or learn how to cope with their, the pains of their past or whatnot, then the secret is not necessarily always, I don't know, all these different variety of things that we have. Like, yeah, it'll help. Yes, therapy will help. Yes, self-understanding will help. Yes, all these things will help because we understand the past. But at its core, it can't be the full the full teaching, the full healing, because it still lives in the past, right? It's almost, and, and that's what I call the toxic healing uh, trap, you know? It's like we almost build an identity around our past and how we have healed it, but because that's where our thinking mind continuously goes to, like, oh, this is how you heal, this is how you heal, 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 you don't actually ever get to live in the present moment. You're stripped of that. You're stripped of the real beauty of life. And you're always eternally stuck in the past moment chasing the healing. You're, you're still chasing something. And all you're doing is chasing the healing. And you're calling it, oh, that I'm, I'm healed. No, true healing is simply, I mean, that is part of it. Everything that I just said is part of it. You do have to understand your past. You do have to, you know, do all that work that I just mentioned. But the true embodiment of healed, it's not having to tell yourself and convince yourself that this is why I'm healed over and over. It's, it's simply living in the present moment without the trigger of the past. And sometimes it will trigger us. That is okay. We don't judge that because we are human. We're not like perfect present beings. <laughs> Otherwise, we would just be eternally enlightened, right? We would just sit and be able to sit forever and look out at, at this beautiful lake that I'm seeing and I would never have a need to move. And thus, impermanence, as I see it in every single present moment, would be the permanent state. But we are human and we would eventually have to get up and pee. Or go to the bathroom. Uh, we would eventually have to go eat. Right? And thus. But that's okay. We, we, we move with the impermanence of that. Right? We don't hold on to the fact that I want to stay here and, and feel this way forever. That I want to stay here and watch this sunset. No. Ah, it's beautiful today. I move on and I see a new one tomorrow. Totally different. It will be a totally different experience. And I have to let go of the feeling that I feel now. No matter how good or how bad it is. Right? And how do we do that? The awareness of the present moment. I think you guys get the point here. So let's talk about how do we channel that um, internally. Again, the first kind of presence is externally triggered. Right? Your dopamine highs and, and things that make us like forget that time even exists or whatnot. But how do we internally create awareness of the present moment? Okay. Well... This is what I want you to do. If you really want to experience the beauty that is unfolding in every single moment of your life, I kid you not, my friends, it is a beautiful thing, and I know many of you listening know what I am talking about. Uh, for those of you that don't, this is what I need you to do. And for those of you that do know it, uh, when you do this practice, you will step into it even further. 
I want you to push your meditation practices. Don't just get stuck in the same meditation practice because that is what you've done in the past. Try new forms. Try what I'm saying and then try something else. Try one from Joe Dispenza. Try one from, because there's tons of meditation practices. I'm going to give you one that I like as a general blueprint to really get you to see the awareness of the present moment. And that is this one. Always starting your meditation with some kind of breath work or channeling a focus into your body, not your mind, right? So the one I'm going to give you today is, so you start in a seated position, right? And you focus on breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, right? And as you breathe out through your mouth, I want you to focus on letting everything go. And when you think you don't have more to push out, push a little bit more push everything out of your lungs and from there you don't even have to focus on breathing in just let it fill you up and you will see how naturally it just comes in and then again focus on the out do this with your eyes closed and you will see that all that you know talk of clearing your mind uh, you know like when that everybody does when they start meditation you won't have you won't even have to think about it you won't have to say, oh, clear your mind. When your thoughts run away from you, you know, most of the time people are like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, what do I got to do today? Oh, uh, I got to do this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, I'm meditating. You know, and they're like, focus, Alan, focus, focus, focus. And, and then, you know, they're telling themselves to focus, and it's just creating more noise and more thoughts, and then no wonder it feels so hard. This time, when you feel your mind wander, Simply return to your breath. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, as far as you can let go. And then just let the rest take care of itself. And you will see that telling yourself to clear your mind was like, so, I don't know, so yesterday. <laughs> um, and then, as you get better at this practice, it will be really easy to do not just during your meditations, but in your actual real life. Every time you feel triggered, every time you feel a high, heavy emotion, just simply go to your breath, right? And do that three times. And you will find an extreme presence, right? Which you eventually understand through the second portion. After you've done the breath work, in through your nose, out through your mouth, letting go of everything that you can, now focus on... Uh, with your eyes closed, don't focus on anything, right? Do the breath work, eyes closed, and then ideally do this outside in a beautiful nature scene or in front of a window, looking at something of nature, and then open your eyes. And when you open your eyes, notice the level of detail. Notice the color of things. Notice the detail of texture. Notice this thought right here. How you have never truly seen what you are looking at. If you're doing this in your room or in your living room, I want you to notice how you have never truly seen that room. And when you open your eyes, you will see the colors, you will see the texture, and you will truly see for the first time. And that right there is called awareness of presence. Awareness of the present moment right there. That's it. The more you can do the, this, this practice right here, breath work followed by 
the awareness of a present moment, the easier it will get to do as like even outside of meditation. Like you can do this real quick uh, once, once you've trained your mind to do it, right? Now, if you want to take it like a third level, I always like to contemplate just like I'm doing now. Really, all I'm doing right now is contemplating. I did my breath work. I opened my eyes. I saw the beauty of this lake. It's so beautiful. I became present with it. And then what did I do? I channeled this presence into what you're hearing now. I'm, I didn't write a script. I didn't think about it. I simply said, I want to contemplate impermanence. And I started talking. And I channeled the flow. I'm not thinking about this. I'm literally just talking and channeling. Like, I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. I'm just talking. Just, it's, it's just happening. Right? And that is where the greatest form of creation exists. And that is what I call the infinite mind as, as opposed to the thinking mind. If you can learn to channel this level of flow consistently in everything you do in life, you flow in, in your relationships, right? Uh, let me give you an example. I was spending time with my girlfriend uh, yesterday. And now a quick word from today's sponsor. And today this episode is brought to you by your one and only, that's right, that's me, Alan Nogier's very own book. It's called Intentionally Fulfilled. Now this book is all about becoming intentional toward a life that you love. It's about becoming fulfilled. I help you do this through an actionable process of manifesting your greatest reality that you can implement as you're reading the book. On this journey, you're going to discover an insane amount of spiritual undertones, understanding of the egoic godlike complex, how your finances, relationships, your health, how it all ties together so that you can become intentional in every aspect of your life. And I promise when you're done reading this book, you will not be the same person. Now, if you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and find this book on Amazon, either on paperback or Kindle version by typing in intentionally fulfilled or by typing in my name, Alan Nogier. I hope you get a chance to read it. And if you do, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review. Now let's go ahead and get back to the episode. You flow in, in your relationships, right? Uh, let me give you an example. I was spending time with my girlfriend uh, yesterday and I had no plan whatsoever. She's very good at flowing too. Um, but I had no plan whatsoever for what we were gonna do. But you know, when she got there, I, you know, we, we did a little, uh, her and I, we've gotten to the point where we can do this consistently, just access presence really quickly and just flow from there. And we started cooking and then somehow this cooking turned into this like beautiful five-star meal, not because we planned it. It just like flowed out of us. And then this five-star meal like became this romantic candlelit dinner, like we were just going to eat it normally in front of a, a beautiful window scene. But then we were like, oh, let's have fun with the scene. And oh, like, what if we do this? So what if we, okay. And we just had fun creating, not just the food, but creating the scene, creating the ambience, creating. Uh, and, and then and then after that, while we're in it, eating the food, we had fun creating this persona of, of like a, a, a couple at a fancy restaurant and the waiter like was this French waiter and and we were just like little kids having fun and channeling whatever was coming to us. And then it turned somehow into a conversation about like, uh, like, like dreams and visions and, and like visions that we could create and manifest into reality. And the point is, if you think, like if you try and plan your day, try and plan all these things, 
They won't happen fluidly like that. Why? Because you're going to be holding on to the permanence of the plan that you had set. In the present moment when you should be being present, you're going to hold on to this idealization of a plan that you had set. And if you're holding on to the plan that you set in the past, well, then you're not going to be able to flow in the present moment with the inspiration of ideas that just come to you spontaneously. Right? Now, this is where the magic of life exists, where you have fun. Not only do you have more fun, but you also create beauty far more than you could create if you tried and planned it. I kid you not, my friends. Learn how to access the awareness of the present moment and magic will flow from you. Inspiration will come to you like a divine channeling and you won't have to think about anything. Somehow you'll just be the manifester of creation and it will just come from you. From there, my friends, I hope this was divinely helpful and I hope you have an absolutely beautiful night. Remember to share this podcast with someone um, who is living in the past who might be chasing something in the future or even someone who is present and you want to help them channel that present into the flow of everyday life of creation, right? You can do this in your finances. You can do this in your love life, just like I gave the example right now, right? It will be so much more romantic and so much more fun. They will feel like your best friend genuinely. Right? You can do this in your parental relationships. You can do this in uh, your health. Right, Going to the gym should be fun. But why is it not fun? Because we're holding on to the permanence of this idea of what fun should be and what fun isn't. And so we associate the gym with the permanence of the fun that isn't, which is going to the gym, at least so we think. No, just show up to the gym, totally present. And flow when you're in there. Have fun. And heck, maybe you get to the gym and you're in the flow state and somehow it just takes you outside. And you're like, oh, didn't expect that. Somehow I I started at the gym and I went for a run. That's fine. Start living in the flow. Um, But yes, send this to someone who you want to live in the flow with. Send this to someone who... You want them to live in the flow for themselves. Uh, And I wish you a lot of love, my friends. Uh, I want to end it with this. Wu Wei. It is a Chinese word. What does Wu Wei mean? It means to flow with the natural alignment of things. More specifically, think about pull. If you are present with yourself, it is the thing that pulls you. You don't have to push to do it. You simply are drawn to do it. So tomorrow morning when you wake up and starting tonight even, I want you to take a moment, take a step back and ask yourself, what am I pulled to do right now? What do I feel pulled and drawn to do? If you're struggling to answer this, then do the breathwork meditation that I just gave you. Breathwork plus opening your eyes. uh, And if you want to add the extra step, which is contemplating a thought, whatever you'd like to, then do that. But after that breath work, meditation, uh, and then opening your eyes combo, then ask yourself the question. Contemplate this question. What do I feel pulled to do right now? 
And whatever the answer is, do not judge it. Let go of judgment. Because the answer might be, you know what? I feel pulled to sleep, to recover. So many people judge themselves for sleeping and then they, they go without, they like hustle, grind, grind, grind. And then they want, and then, and then they crash and then they judge themselves for crashing. And it's no wonder they're crashing. It's because they're constantly pushing and they're never allowing themselves to be pulled. They're constantly pushing, push, 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 push. And they don't give their body enough recovery time, right? So uh, that's just one example of how people judge themselves because that's one that I often see. People judge themselves so much for taking recovery time. Um, ask yourself, what am I pulled to do right now? Well, maybe I want to have fun. Maybe I want to talk to someone. Maybe I feel like having a phone call. Maybe I feel like cooking something delicious. Maybe I feel like writing a book. Maybe I feel like drawing. Maybe I feel like creating. Maybe I feel like learning something new. Maybe I feel like reading. Whatever it is. I don't know. It's different for every, every person. Those are the things that I'm often called and pulled to. That I usually listen. I always listen to. But what I want you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is open your heart and listen to what is pulling you. Not what you think you have to push toward. That's all an illusion. Pushing is, a, is, is you trying to fulfill the illusion of holding on to permanence, of permanent things in your past, permanent idealizations, and projecting them into the future. It is you pushing for those things. Nope. Let go of that. Live in the present moment and ask yourself, I, presently, what am I pulled? Open your heart, listen to it, and see where it takes you. And if you always leave a presently aware, heart-centered life, I guarantee you, you will always see beauty, no matter what you do. And I guarantee you that you will achieve anything you want so much faster. And, and you won't just achieve anything you want, you will achieve what you actually want. You will stop trying to push for the thing you think you want, and you will achieve what you actually want at your heart's core. And you will achieve it so much faster. And you will achieve it with so much more fulfillment. Why? Because you open your heart to the present awareness. And you ask yourself, Wu Wei, what am I pulled to? What am I pulled to right now? The more you practice listening to your heart and what you're pulled to do, the more you will be a present human being. And the more you will be a manifestation of creation. Not just saying, this is what I want to do and then you never do it. And then everyone's always stuck in this loop of, of stuck, stuck, stuck. Always saying they want to do something, but never taking action. Now, forget that. What do you want to do? Open your heart. Open your heart. And feel the pull. Ladies and gentlemen, have a beautiful night, morning, wherever you are in time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did find it super valuable and you want to share it with the world, make sure to screenshot, post, and tag me on Instagram so I can see what you're up to and we can connect more. And to get notified on the next episode with me, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes 